Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to you about destigmatizing mental health. So I'm going to explain a little about why mental health is stigmatized, in case you don't already know, how stigma brings shame and what that looks like in people, how the stigma of mental health can impact your organization and the good news on the wider impact of investing in destigmatizing mental health as well as some key things that you can do to lift the stigma to create some culture changes so that there's a shared sense of experiences that make it easier for people to talk about their own struggles and recognize in others too. Welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stress, doubt and overwhelms that help you to increase your performance, to be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and wellbeing trainer, helping you and your workforce increase performance and make the impact that you want in the world. Throughout February, you'll hear me talk about International Women's Day, which takes place on the 8th of March. I've had organisations get in touch with me to ask what I can do to help them support uh, and promote International Women's Day. And the theme this year for 2022 is Break the Bias. So... Obviously, International Women's Day is very much about a gender equal world, but where I am focusing it on is about a world free from bias and discrimination, which is relevant to uh, mental health and well-being, and a world where difference is valued and celebrated. I have speaker sessions and workshops that will help you to be able to change the bias around stress, mental health and well-being so that in your organisation you can be sending that message across where people can create trust, remove the stigma so that people can be themselves, they create more inclusion, more belonging and then you get a workforce that works better, higher productivity and more inclusive. If you want to know about what we can do together, please do get in touch with me, emma at emmalankton.com and let's set up a call to talk about how I can help you. As we continue the conversation about how I can help you, this week I'm talking about destigmatizing mental health. Now you might already have been uh, struggling or trying to challenge some of that stigma uh, in your life or in your workplace. So why is there a stigma about mental health? Well, it can come from many different sources. Of course, we, you know, we had mental health asylums and people were locked up and locked away. But some people might say, but that was absolutely years ago in somebody else's different lifetime. However, 
The stigma against mental illness and any other, you know, stigma and belief systems can come from several different sources, such as, and this is a no fault kind of statement here. This is me just stating the facts of how it is. But there might be some personal uh, belief systems in there. There might be some socially um, acceptable and unacceptable belief systems in there. There might be family beliefs and from the mental health condition in itself, which can cause a person to behave in such a way or to believe that certain things happen in a certain way or that there's certain expectations, either culturally or socially. So basically, what we need to do really is to help people to be able to change their minds about it. When we prevent people talking openly and transparently, we also prevent those people who need it from having support. The biggest thing is that when we have this stigma, it brings about shame. And we need to take a moment to understand shame really, to understand then what it is that we have to deal with and how we can destigmatize it. So shame makes people want to hide. And when people hide, they're going to stay away from the workplace. They're going to stay away from colleagues. They're going to stay away from managers and those people and places that will provide those pockets of support. And this is why we need to destigmatize mental health. We need a widespread organizational culture around mental health, talking about it, accepting it, being supportive in the workplace. Because if we don't, there's a huge cost to businesses with absences, presenteeism, and even attrition. Because that shame makes people hide and stay away. So are they taking time off sick? Or are they just coming to work and attempting to keep their head down, but actually not really functioning as productively as they possibly could? Or are they so ashamed and embarrassed that they leave their jobs? Now, mixed anxiety and depression has been estimated to cause one-fifth of the days lost from work in Britain. In May 2020, the Office for National Statistics brought out some more figures that revealed that depression rates have doubled since the COVID-19 pandemic began. Now, that was that's nearly a year ago now. But the good news is that it's not just about investing in well-being and culture. The thing is that whatever it is that you choose to do in your organisation, it's going to be helpful, not just for those people who are struggling in some shape or form, but it's also helpful for everybody. As an example, I used to say this an awful lot in schools. When I was talking to them about how my children being adopted and coming with significant trauma had a lot of difficulty with uh, times of uncertainty and times of change and things that were out of routine, um, and then they'd struggle with their emotions, then 
when I asked schools to be a bit more, we used to call it trauma-informed, quite honestly, then they had uh, teachers and all school staff to have an understanding of mental health, of trauma, and how it can affect uh, not just my kids, but also lots of kids there. So even though my kids struggled with lots of day-to-day things, then it was really helpful for other children who were maybe going through some significant life event, even just moving house. But you know, loss of their loved one, grandparent or something like that, family issues, separation, divorce, all of those sorts of things then it was helpful for those kids as well that would maybe have dipped under the radar. And then when we provided training in the school, you got that whole school approach to how people are supported, how people are spoken to, how things are spoken about. And it's exactly the same for organisations too. So what was helpful for my kids was helpful for all kids. So then in organisations, it's true as well. And then what you get is happier and more inclusive workplaces where people feel accepted and they want to come to work. They feel safe to come to work. So then they don't have, you know, that stigma or they that risk of judgment, etc. Let's also not forget that stress and mental health and well-being works on what I like to call a sliding scale. So you never know what's going to happen in life that where you might go from that level of being okay to something being quite stressful or pressurised to then perhaps go into that point of crisis. These, this is a sliding scale that I talk about a lot in, that, in my mental health training and in my stress awareness training. So there might be somebody that, you know, basically just gets a ton of crap thrown at them, but then within a few days, things are sorted out, so they come back down that scale. Or you might get somebody that's that's sort of stuck in that period of difficulty and pressure and stress for longer periods. And then because there's more than one thing happening often, or it might be both work and personal life and things like that, then they end up up that scale and maybe up at that top end of that scale for longer periods of time or for higher levels of pressure. So then they hit that crisis mode. And what you absolutely don't want is that presenteeism where people are turning up at work and not really being well enough to work at 100%. And they do that because they don't want to say that they need support or that they need adjusted workload or that they are struggling in some shape or form. So instead, because of the stigma, because of the shame, because of the expectation, they keep their troubles, their stresses, their worries to themselves. So then you get that presenteeism and you get that reduced productivity at work so what can we do well as I said you know the first thing is about understanding about mental health about stresses about trauma and general well-being what helps what doesn't help and things like that the other bit is about providing training 
across your whole organization and then maybe at different levels so you can provide some stress awareness mental health training some prevention on burnout all of these things obviously i provide um that can be really helpful in helping your individuals to help themselves you can provide training for your managers so that they know how to have the conversations and how to talk about uh, mental health and well-being with their people so that they feel safe enough to talk and that they feel heard and understood. You can put in some mental health and well-being strategies and uh, kind of policies really and procedures across your whole organisation. The biggest thing obviously is about the people to people stuff. So language is huge. So no jokes, no put downs, no complaining and definitely no dismissing or minimising. The amount of times I hear the word just. Just do this. Just do that. Just put it out of your mind. If it was as easy as just, people would have already done it. And we can never really be sure how people perceive a situation. I mean, that's what trauma is. And that's what happens when you hit those fight-flight situations um, with anxiety kicking off and stresses kicking off because it's a perceived threat. It's a perceived difficulty. But the thing is that what one person finds, you know, really stressful, another person will be like, oh, great, a bit of challenge here. This is exciting. So we don't need to be able to stand in that other person's shoes, but we do need to be able to have those conversations to be empathic. So it might be, I am going to do a longer podcast about empathy, but it might be about saying things like, oh, that sounds really hard. What can I do to help? And they might say nothing. They might say just being there, just listening. Ask about what adjustments you can make within the workplace that helps to support them. But often people are frightened to ask for help, as we know. So then when you ask if there's adjustments, and it's a bit like, well, what can I do to help? And people go, well, actually, I don't even know what's available or what will help. So sometimes it's about raising your own awareness to then be able to um, offer suggestions of adjustment, but that's not to say this is the only thing that we do. So it might be about that conversation that then says, I'm not sure if this will help, but here's what I think, or here's what we've done previously for somebody else, even though their situation was different to yours. Or I understand that people can be different, however. So as well as language that they hear at work, there's also the language that's going on inside their own head based on their own upbringing and experiences, as I explained about how stigma gets uh, in place. So they might well be ashamed. They might believe that they are weak. And that is not, again, that's not me being judgy. This has actually been said to me and often about weakness. Maybe sometimes people think no one will understand. Maybe they think they, you know, they just don't want to show their vulnerability because they've got a learned behaviour that they don't show it. Both my daughters think that they can hide their worries and concerns. 
Now, remember that they were, or you might not know if this is the first time you're listening to this. My girls were um, four and five and a half when they came to me. They already had uh, imprints in their brain and learned behavior. Yet, it also shows in their behaviour, but people, my girls included, and other adults and people in your workplace, they may think that they are trying to cover it up. But all behaviour is a communication. So whether that person intends to show with a behaviour or communicate or not, all behaviour is a communication. They might be being more quiet. They might actually be trying to cover it up and be more jolly. You know, one of my daughters talks more, the other one goes quiet. The girls both now know that I can tell when they're not coping. But then what it does with one of them certainly is it means that they stay away from me because they don't want me to know, because they don't want to have to talk about it. Now, I know I'm banging on about my girls, but they are 18 and 20 now, so, you know teeny adults but these are still going to be things that you see in the workplace it's not going to change whether you're dealing with um, kids teens adults of any age because even now some 15 years later some of their behaviors some of their responses they're quite inbuilt within them we've made some progress but sometimes it fluctuates And the reason that I tell you this is because it's easier to understand in real life kind of stories that you can relate to. But also, I want you to know that you can do all the things, but it might not be you. It takes time for an entire team to work together to make progress and consistently send the message that there is no stigma or shame around mental health. So even then, do not be offended if someone is still struggling to talk to you. It's not you. But there are still things that you can do to help. If you, of course, would like to talk to me about any of the ways that I can help you with this, then please do get in touch, emma at emmalankton.com. Even if you've just got questions and want to have a conversation about it, get in touch with me. Because as the stigma lifts, And the culture changes. That sense of shared experiences make it easier for people to talk, not just about their own struggles, but also to recognise those issues in other people. So I really hope that that's been helpful and that there are key things here that you can begin to put in place and begin to look at to help to destigmatise the mental health in your workplace. Because even if it has a positive impact on just one person, then that's a good thing. So I'll leave you with that information. I hope you have an amazing week. Please do tag me on social media if you've listened to this with your feedback or if you're sharing it with your friends, uh, colleagues and workplace. And then I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.